What's up, friends and family, lovers and friends, substackers, everybody? How are you? Happy Wednesday. Long time no talk. Coming to you hot. Just got through recording an episode of Putting on Airs where I tried to defend Neville Chamberlain to train. <laughs> and, uh, well, listen this Friday to see how well I did or how well I didn't do or how much I convinced myself that I was wrong by the end. You know how I be. I wanted to say hello. I wanted to thank everybody, all the all the substackers and well-readers that came out to see me and Leslie Jones this weekend in Durham and also in Charleston. That was fun. Today, what I want to talk to you about, though, is what would you do if you won the lottery? The lottery, of course, the lottery. I'm just trying to sound funny. I don't know how big of a deal the lottery is everywhere. I know that it's nationwide. I know it ain't just a Georgia thing. You know what I mean? Like the Powerball is everywhere. But I know that it's like sort of like a cultural, you know, touchstone here. Like there's whole pe- there's people here who like they play the lottery in the same way that I play golf. And I mean that. Like it goes from it goes further past being like the act of a desperate man and being something that I mean it's gambling addiction addiction for sure but a lot of these people they're not necessarily the type to pack up and go to tunica it's like specifically scratch offs it's that instant gratification it's that um you know i guess it's your your serotonin getting an attack it is a quick little fix. I get it man i mean i play scratch offs from time to time i definitely play a lot more now than i used to I put, like when I was a kid, every now and then you'd get one, whatever. I hit $500 one time and I thought, oh God, I'm going to do this all the time. Then I didn't hit 500 the next time. I was like, oh yeah, right. I just got really lucky. I play them a lot more now than I used to, but that's still not very frequent. That's just like, every, I don't know, every fourth or fifth time I go into the gas station, I'll get like a $5 scratcher or something. Cause you know, it's no big deal to me. It is a big deal to a lot of people. A lot of people can't you know, just afford to be doing that all the time. There's plenty of people that can't afford to be doing all that uh, all the time, but still be doing that all the time. You know, that's a whole uh, thing in its own. But like, dude, there's people from where I'm from, man. I used to work at the gas station. I used to, there was a time when I had like five jobs all at once. I was like 19 years old. I was doing stand-up comedy. And of course I wasn't getting no money doing stand-up comedy. So I had to supplement my income somehow. So I was working at Hibbit Sports, selling Georgia jerseys. I was, that's one, I was uh, working for, I was working part-time at an inflatable company, which was, it was called Fun For You, me and my buddy Matt, his uncle and aunt owned it, and it was one of them gimmicks where, like, for people's birthdays, they get, like, a blow-up Titanic, and you slide down it and shit, <laughs> and the Titanic, man, that's for real, I'm not making that up, that's for real, it was a big-ass Titanic that you blew up, and, of course, it was the Titanic sinking, and, uh, I even at the time, looking back on it, it's like, God damn, but even at the time, I remember thinking like, look, I know that we're pretty far removed from the Titanic, and sure, basically everybody who was a Titanic survivor is dead, but like, their kids ain't. This is insane. What are we doing? That's America, baby. Uh, I worked there. And let's see, what I say? Hibbit. I worked at the inflatable place. I also uh, bought and resold college textbooks. I know you want to kill me right now. I just work for the guy that did it, all right? I, I rode in the car. I'm not, like, I didn't own the company. I'm not the one making money off the, the college kids. Do you understand? Matter of fact, I hooked some college kids up, but I don't know what the uh, statute of limitations on a lot of that stuff is, so I'll be quiet on it. That'll be for another day, another podcast. Um, that's through the Hibbits, uh, the inflatables, 
the uh, college textbooks, okay, and the gas station, and I was painting. Uh, I was painting houses. There you go. So when I worked at the gas station, man, these motherfuckers would come in and they'd be playing the lottery, and like they would want to know. They're like, okay, number eighteen, what number is it on? You know what I mean? Like they would want to know the bottom serial number because they had some sort of code in their fucking head. They were like redneck card counters, but with scratch offs and shit. You know what I mean? And and, and dude. There was this dude that used to come in there all the time, and like, yeah, okay, he would not hit on several of them, but like, he stayed winning a bunch of money, and like, like, a, like big prizes all the time, and it was just because he studied these fucking codes, and that was what he did, but like, and I remember this one lady, not in my gas station, but she won like three million dollars, and she bought, it was right when Volkswagen bugs came uh, out, the new ones, you know, and she got a yellow one with yellow wheels. And that was like her first big purchase. And then she pissed away the rest of the money on lottery tickets. You know? And I think a lot of people think like, oh, I'll get the lottery money and then I'll be good. But it's like some people, it just eats them inside. They're like, no, this is what I do. This is what we play for. But the reason that I've been every now and then, like I know I ain't going to win. But the reason that it's more appealing to me now than it ever has been is because like before I had... God damn it. I'm getting so in, like, I, I, I'm so self-aware of me doing the whole, like, well, now that I have children that I hated when people did before, but, like, for real, now that I have Bane, like, I fantasize more about a world in which I don't have to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? I never fantasized about that. Like, I didn't care to think of a world where I didn't have to work because, like, I love, like, I love comedy. I love working as a comedian, but, like, I, now that I have him and all I really want to do is raise him, I mean, it's not, I still want, like, I still love my work. I still, but I, but I could see myself walking away from it if the price is right. You know what I mean? So every now and then I'll go in there and I'm like, damn, you could win 200,000 on that $5 scratcher. Shit. I know that's going to not, I won't be able to retire forever, but I can take a year off, you know, hell. But the Powerball's up to, this is where I was going. The Powerball's up to $280 million. And that is a fuck huck ton of money that is don't do shit the rest of your life money now it's funny i was telling a buddy <laughs> i was telling a buddy yesterday i was like god damn man the powerball's up to 280 million dollars man i was like can you imagine he was like well you know after taxes you're only going to get what fucking what do you mean you're going to get a lot <laughs> you're going to get a lot of money <laughs> it's like so much like you win 280 million dollars and still feel slighted you know, no matter how much they take from taxes, unless it's 100% of it, you're fucking good, buddy. This is going to be a good day for you. And I started thinking about what the hell would I do with all that money? Let's just say, hypothetically, it is $280 million. Number one, y'all would still hear from me. As I've told y'all a million times, this Substack would just be free, right? I do think, I th if we're talking about purchases... Now, I don't know where y'all are at. Holler at me in the comments on what the first thing you'd buy. That's like the first thing you'd buy. That's like the thing that you've been thinking of your whole life. And I think everybody knows what their first purchase would be. For me, it would probably be, I would see if I could track down my first truck, which was my Papaw's 1989 GMC Sierra, I had heard rumors that it was still around. Now, you might think to yourself, Corey, I bet you could afford that now. Sure, but, like, it needs a lot of work done, and it's not worth... Like, I would need to rebuild this thing from the bottom up, but if I had won $280 million, 
dude, I could take it and have everything brand new except the body touched up. You know what I'm saying? Be like, it'd be, run like it used to. But now, I think about that, but then I'm like, nah, just get a Bronco. Get a Bronco or a Shelby Mustang. And you're like, okay, that probably put a big dent in it. Not 280 million fucking dollars it didn't. You still got a long way to go, player. A long way to go. Number two, ah, you got to make your first big purchase, and then you got to call somebody. You got to call one of your buddies. You got to call somebody you know that has a lot of money and did good with that money. And you'd be like, hey, here's how much I got. Tell me what I need to do with some of it. You know, now in my opinion, now I don't know if this is the way you should handle it, but it's like, okay, give me half to play with, and the other half, I'm just going to put ass away. Just, just lock it up. You know what I mean? It can collect a little bit of interest, but it's just sitting here. I ain't investing this shit in nothing that it could go away on. You take a little bit of it, you go crazy. You like, you fucking like, you know, go holler at a robotics company that just started making robots and give them a little piece of it and see if they're the next fucking Apple or something, you know? Why not? Try to turn it into billions. But I think it, with 280 million, you ain't, it's like, dude, you know how dumb your ass has to be to lose $280 million? Now, I get it, especially with my people. You've never seen any type of money like this before in your life, and things just get out of hand. You try to buy a golf course, <laughs> you know, and then you find out it's really hard to maintain that son of a bitch. I would definitely have a par three at least. Well, first off, I mean, I think I'm staying at this house. I love this. I'm definitely staying at this house. I'm paying it off first. Ain't y'all doing that? Y'all paying your house off? Don't give a damn how smart it is. People are like, well, actually, it makes more sense financially to not pay it off. And just, to, I don't give a fuck what makes more sense. I got $280 million. I'm paying this bitch off. That way there's not a bill coming in. And here's why. Because if I pay this bitch off and there ain't a bill coming in, I could go broke and things still be relatively fine. You know what I mean? At least I ain't going to be evicted. Well, before you buy the Shelby Mustang, of course, you must uh, set aside whatever it is on taxes. And I figure set aside way more than you think it is, you know, because you don't want to get fucking Wesley sniped. If they'll come for Blade, motherfucker, they'll come for you. You can do about any goddamn thing you want in this country, but if you fuck with Uncle Sam's money, they will take your ass to jail, baby. I mean, that's how they got Al Capone. Sorry, y'all, I'm all over the place. I'm just coming off of sickness, and I'm jacked up on cold medicine. <laughs> and I was like, I got to do a podcast with these motherfuckers. I want to talk about the lottery. So I'm definitely paying the house off. Getting an RV, duh. But you got to look at assets, Corey. You got to look at things that aren't expenses. You got to look at assets. Do you go buy a fucking Jackson Pollock painting? I don't know. Not my taste. You know what I mean? I, I, I like art. That perhaps not a lot of people like I, I kind of you know sometimes you ever walk into a hotel and you're like I know that that painting on the wall is commercial and not respected but it kind of looks better to me than a lot of that abstract bullshit that goes for five million at auction. I like shit that looks like the stuff you know. Got to buy some assets. I mean, if you're going to be safe, it's like do you buy? You know, those safe stocks. It's like when we were in, I remember when we were in school, they had like this stock simulator and they told us, they were like, hey, you're not going to make any big money buying stock in Walmart, but you definitely ain't going to lose no money either. Now, this is 20 years ago, which that, of course, was true. 
I look at companies like Walmart and Apple though now and like, A, the stock price is so high and B, you got to sort of look at those companies like you look at like countries and it's like every empire has to fall at some point. Like, are we going to see the day when like Apple don't hit no more? It seems completely infathomable, but it is possible. You know, I think that, uh, yeah, you got to get you, you got to get you a couple of them stocks though. I think Apple will be safe for a while, but again, God dang, maybe buy some, dude, if you'd have bought some WWE stock like five months ago or some PGA stock. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, both of these companies, uh, in bed with some horrible people, but I mean, you know, if they're going to have the money anyways, you may as well get some. You know what I'm saying? You got to pay off your parents' house. You got to pay off your sister's house. And I think you have to work out a deal with all these people. You know what I mean? Like, you go you go up to all, like, all your family members that are close, that you care about. All the people that ain't close, you're like, listen, if you ain't fucked with me in the past several years, don't you even try to get none of this shit. But all your close family that you do barbecuing and stuff with, I think you go up to them and you go, listen... I know you're about to act like, oh, don't worry, I ain't ever going to ask you for shit. But I know good and goddamn well that you are. And here's how I know. Because I would too. I ain't going to front. All right? So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pay off every single one of y'all's houses. I'm going to pay off every single one of y'all's cars. And matter of fact, I'll get you a new car. Whatever. But then after that, you're on your own. I think you should be fine. After that, you're on your own. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like... If you're struggling, but you ain't got a house payment at all, you might can figure some shit out, you know? Might be okay. You got to set them fucking boundaries with them, I think. Granted, I'm a sweetheart, so I would probably let everyone around me bleed me dry until I was right back in line buying another one of them goddamn tickets. Sorry, y'all. I think I might be having a fever dream right now out loud. I am fucked up uh, on cold medicine. (laughs) I, uh... Man, y'all ever know the exact moment you got sick? I think it's like ever since the um, ever since COVID, I've become like hyper aware of germs to where like I can almost see them. Like I think we all got like some sort of new sense, like a spider sense that like, dude, I used to walk around just unencumbered by anything, touching doors, licking my hand, not giving a shit. And now, dude, it's like everything I see. I see, y'all remember that episode of Scrubs where you could see the germs, they were all in green? I feel like I can see that shit. And we were on our way back home from uh, from Charleston. Oh, by the way, let me, rem- let, I'm going to say this real quick before I talk about when I knew I got sick. I want to brag on something real quick because I feel like um, there's a lot of horror stories out there about celebrities and shit. Um, and I need to brag on how nice Leslie Jones is. Now, I listen, I knew she was nice, but I need y'all to know, and she would not want me saying this, but I don't give a shit. I'm saying it because it was very sweet. Um, Leslie Jones had me open her shows in Durham, North Carolina, and Charleston, South Carolina, and she put me up in a very, 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 very nice hotel. Uh, so nice, in fact, that, and I didn't know where it was, but I called the tour manager, and I was like, hey, let me know where we're staying um, because... That's me and my wife's anniversary, so I'm just going to book an extra night on my own card. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not asking y'all to pay for it. I'm going to book my own night on my own card, and he's like, well, I mean, you can do that, but uh, these are $700 a night rooms, and I was like, you know what? Uh, 
no <laughs> i like good good call I, hey that's cool i'm glad i'm staying in but you know what yeah i'll go down to marriott that's cool appreciate you good looking out buddy appreciate that you know what i'm saying well by god if we didn't get through with the show and i find out that leslie heard that it was my anniversary and bought me and amber uh an extra night at the hotel uh so that we could save our money and go have a nice big meal which we did and we got to take my son it was his first like dinner date with mom and dad so i thought that was great leslie's the real deal that was super sweet she did not have to do that uh but she did but anyways on our way back home from charleston we as you know when you have a kid sometimes when you're driving you don't get to choose where you stop you just got to fucking stop because the baby wants to stop you know what i'm saying like he's got to be burped and we can't do it in the goddamn car seat because that's a felony and also we care right so he's losing his mind he's shit or something we got to change him whatever so i normally and listen this is no disrespect to podunk ass gas stations as i said earlier i used to work in one i got paid in beer and cigarettes but i loved every second of it so this is no disrespect to podunk ass gas stations it's just that ever since covid i tend to only go to the bathroom in the big like truck stop bathrooms that are super corporate because they have like rules and shit <laughs> like they have a team in charge of like this bathroom has to be clean or we could get sued you know what i mean like dude if you ever pass a bucky's holy fuck like it, it so, who was it drew drew's dad said bucky's is like uh uh the beach without the ocean and that's so goddamn true but like they do they have they have their own hand sanitizer on each stall it's very clean i like places that don't have a door and a lot of those truck stops they don't have a door so you don't have to push or pull anything you just walk in right well we pull off at one of them exits where you got one option and that is not a name brand gas station that shit is called dj's country bumpkin fuck stop or whatever it is and of course the people were wonderful in there but they have no regulations i go into this bathroom Y'all, I've smelled some foul bathrooms in my life. Been a part of them. Been the cause of some. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I uh, I almost ran screaming, except for I did have to pee. And one of those pees that we ain't making it to the next exit for me to pee, lest it be on the side of my leg. You understand? So, I'm peeing, and I'm wanting to hold my nose because the smell is so bad, but then I'm sitting there thinking about the fact that I'm breathing it in my mouth you know, and so I'm trying not to breathe at all. Then I get lightheaded and I about fall by pee, and I'm like, okay, so I go to wash my hands, and y'all, there ain't no soap. There, here's the thing. There used to be, there was a teeny tiny sliver of what was a bar of soap, a bar of soap in a public restroom, a bar of soap in a public restroom, but it had hair on it, and also I wouldn't have used it anyways. It was a bar of fucking soap. There's no push thing with the gojo shit that comes out there's also no napkins so i ran the water over my hands which does nothing and then i had to rub my hands on my jeans to dry them well my jeans are fucking dirty and then i had to open the door of the bathroom and of course i did it with the the the, the, the bottom of my shirt but you know that I touched the bottom of my shirt with my hand afterwards because I was going, ooh, look, it's wet. And I swear to God, in that moment, I go, I got fucking COVID. I know I do. Or something. 
And I don't know if I just placebo, like reverse placeboed myself into believing that that made me sick. And now here I am. But for the past three days, I have been absolutely just on my ass dead sick. Now, a lot of you may be saying, "Uh uh-uh, I've seen you be doing stuff online. Yeah, I did some podcasts uh, because I had to. That's called work. We booked them when I was feeling good. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's how that shit goes. But man, I've been on my ass. I hope you haven't been on your ass. I hope that you've been having a great week. And I'm going to holler at you tomorrow. I say we play some three clicks to Hitler or something like that. Anyways, sorry for rambling. I'm telling you, I'm on so much Theraflu that I'm seeing sounds. Wanted to talk to you guys. Like I said, I did want to tell y'all that I appreciate y'all coming out and supporting the Leslie Jones shows. It really meant a lot to me um, to hear the buttercream dream skews and shit when I was walking up on stage. That made me feel important. And, uh, you know, in my brain, I was like, ooh, this makes me good look good to Leslie. So I thank y'all. Y'all are the absolute best. Listen to Putting On Airs this week. We're sorry about, if you listen to Well Read, we're so sorry about the episode this week, but the file corrupted. I'm about to go in there and collapse. Um, I know that a lot of y'all are probably like, I swear to God, Corey, you're sick every fucking three or four weeks. You're right. Cause that's about the amount, that's about the frequency with which I travel now. And I get sick every goddamn time I travel. I don't know what to do about it, guys. I try my best not to, but it happens. So I love y'all. We'll do some Hitler stuff tomorrow. <laughs> Have a good day. For real. Love y'all. Love y'all very much. Bye-bye.